Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Investing Should Be Easy. I'm your host, Alex Richwagon. First and foremost, I just want to apologize. Last week we did not have a show. I got sick and I did not feel well. My voice was hoarse, I was coughing, didn't uh, just overall was not a good experience. Um, no coronavirus for me. There have been more sightings around the world, and we're going to talk about that tonight. And most importantly, what do you do with your portfolio with the stock market going a little, little haywire? It's kind of the brief way of saying it. But um, that's my first apology. So sorry I was not with you guys last week, but I was on the mend. So again, my name is Alex Richwagon, your host. I'm the um, host of the show, author of a few books, most notably Investing Should Be Easy. And tonight's show, we're going to talk a little bit more about what's the latest and the greatest with the coronavirus. And then most importantly, what do you do? How am I positioning my portfolio, taking stock of what what's transpired, um, not overreacting because a lot of the economy has been built on consumer confidence, um, consumer growth, business growth, fundamental analysis. And I don't want to overreact, but I do want to help prepare people for maybe you're getting a little bit nervous and for rightfully so. We've had um, a 6 to 8% correction since uh, Monday the 23rd. So that's what we're going to talk about today is more about the coronavirus what's the latest on, where it's spread to, and how do you prepare a portfolio. So we're getting it started in three, two, one, cue the music. Investing should be All right, welcome back. Again, I'm your host, Alex Richwagon, and we're going to talk more about the coronavirus and what's been going on, why it's a big deal, and why I don't think this is a short-term thing. <clears throat> Honestly, I think this might be a two quarters, up to six months, before we see normalcy back in the markets, because what it could do... Um. So in the news just this week, it's already spread to South Korea, um, another almost 350 cases. Japan um, announced um, a seventh death to the coronavirus. Three more European country, countries, um, Macedonia, Georgia, Romania, United States, um, had its first coronavirus connection in Northern California. It's making its way around the globe. There are people that there was an outbreak on a um, a cruise ship. People were able to fly back in the United States. <clears throat> They're going to try to contain it, but there's there's more than it's being let on. You don't just tell <clears throat> hundreds of millions of people to stop working, don't come into work. We're going to keep paying you and quarantine at your house if only. 70,000, 80,000 people are infected. And only a couple thousand people have been declared dead. We know that there isn't the greatest amount of transparency out of China. 
but we're starting to see it. We're starting to see the impact into the American economy, the American stock market. Large companies like Apple, Coca-Cola, MasterCard, IBM, they're all warning of lower guidance, inability to make sales numbers well in advance. Apple, one of their biggest factories, Tesla, one of their, they just opened a brand new $7 billion factory in China. They, they don't even know. They're, they're there. Their plants are there. The economy's there. I mean, I mean, their, com- their companies are there. They've got plants. They don't even know what the real root cause is. But their companies aren't, <clears throat> the industries aren't stood up. They're all, they're all being sent home. They're not doing anything. They're not working. It's going to impact so much more on the industrial level, travel, vacation, consumer discretionary spending. Yeah, we have not seen even the tip of the iceberg. When we get into second quarter, which is about a month or so away, and companies start to report numbers in second quarter, we're not going to see estimates being made. They're already warning against this. The demand for goods, I mean, seen crazy stories around it. Some lobster um, farmers in, where was it? Um, New Zealand, that the price of rock lobsters has gone down almost zero. They can't export them. They're going to stop farming them. And this has like a severe downstream impact that gets to the economy where people aren't selling these goods. And they're going to stop working. They're going to stop doing things until the price comes back to a reasonable price point. <coughs> Sorry. So when you're talking about supply chains that are global and it's impacting the macro economy, I don't think this is going to be something that's short-lived. Again, I, this isn't a sounding the alarms, but it's a now it's becoming a global virus. You've got all these companies that are interconnected. China is a integral part to how all these companies operate, how they're able to control their cost, produced um, goods, manufacture goods, and get them to the international marketplace. And they're all seeing lots of delays because a lot of people aren't working. It's crazy. Talk about 400 million people that have just been told, stay home, we'll pay you. That's it. It's supposed to be a few weeks. Schools aren't reopening. It, it, it's, it's just something that's going to take a while to undo all of the, regardless of how much injection of cash flow China's um, Fed is putting into the economy, it's not going to be enough. We're not going to see the true impact until probably mid to second quarter, and stock market might be in worse shape by then or at least in a more volatile state by then. So I think the most important thing we got to talk about is what do you do? What do we do in this time of crisis and how do you prepare your portfolio to not take uh, massive losses? Not saying that a correction wasn't inevitable. Stock market's been on a ridiculous run for the past 10 years. I know there's been ebbs and flows, but it was due for a correction. I think we can all agree on that. So what do you do? Where do you stock your money? 
I got a few different places of where I'm repositioning some of my portfolio. And I want to be clear on what portfolio I'm repositioning. Anything that's retirement money, I'm not touching. Retirement money long term is going to be fine. This is going to eradicate itself within six months. I'm talking about retail money, money that if you were going to go buy a car, or you buy a house, something that you need in a short term pinch of six months, how do you reposition your portfolio? And there's <clears throat> there's two different ways of which um, repositioning. One of which is cash, dividends, dividend payers, or put your money in cash. Because despite the Fed rates, low rates, you could still get um, 1.5% yield on a decent money market account or into a a savings account like Ally Financial. So that's one, Ally Bank. The other one is, we talked about dividends, dividend paying um, utilities. I would target utilities that are very um, border centric in the United States that won't be impacted by global demand. And looking for a couple things at the top of my head, there's Aqua America, which is a water utility company. There's um, Waterworks. There's NextEra Energy, NEE is a stock symbol for that. Duke Energy, DUK. All these companies pay a dividend of you know about two to three percent. You're going to get that cash flow, and it's a safe area that is not really impacted. It's just being impacted by the global economy. So that's. <clears throat> one specific area that I think um, beyond cash and some dividend paying utilities are safe havens that you could plug some free cash flow in and not really get hurt a whole lot. The other one is, and I'm doing both of these strategies, by the way, so if you want to balance it out, that's that's great. Take about 10% of your portfolio, reduce some of your exposure, some of your positions, and look for inverse ETFs. Inverse ETFs is a bet against the market. So there's two that I'll give you that I think are really good plays for a short-term basis that gives you some stability if the rest of your portfolio is declining a little bit. First one is a DOG, DOG. So the Dow is made up of 30 of the... Um, 30 industrial largest companies in the world. And the dog is a bet against the Dow. It's DOG is a stock symbol. It's a one-time inverse. It's not too risky. And (coughs) every time the Dow goes down 1%, this goes up 1%. It's pretty simple. And it trades just like a stock. So an ETF trades like a stock. You can buy it today, sell it tomorrow. No big deal. And the other one is very similar, is PSQ, which is a short of the um, the NASDAQ. It's a uh, inverse of the NASDAQ 100 index. So if the daily performance of the NASDAQ goes down 1%, the PSQ goes up 1%. Invest directly into the same kind of investments, but again, is an inverse of the overall index itself. So what are the things that, to kind of recap, 
that we learned. So, again, my opinion, I don't think this is going to be anytime anything quick. I think coronavirus is going to keep spreading based on the research, the reports, everything else that I've read through, and the fact that it's popping up in multiple countries around the globe, preparing for that um, possibility that could go even further. Also, with all of the disruption to supply chains and manufacturing goods, that's a big deal. And then how do you react? Talked about two different strategies. One is kind of a cash and dividend play. So putting your money into cash and or some dividend plays. Talked about a few different names that are on my radar. Nextair Energy, Duke Energy, um, utility companies, Waterworks, Aqua America, WTRG. And then lastly, inverse ETFs. Inverse ETFs are inverse of anything. The two that I picked out were DOG, which is the inverse of the Dow, and then PSQ is an inverse of QQQ, which is a um, <coughs> NASDAQ 100 index. And I think those levers, depending on how much you want to scale those up, 10, 20% of your portfolio will definitely give you some safety in the short term for, again, I want to say at least the next four to six months because I expect a lot of companies to revise down their guidance of their um, positions, all the analysts, which then will reduce growth and as well as explain it, at least in the short-term perspective. So those are the strategies that I would recommend in the short term and well, to, well, a good way to protect your portfolio as we try to bow, battle the uh, coronavirus is not just from a health standpoint, but also from your portfolio health standpoint. I hope this was helpful. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to shoot me an email at alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's alex.richwagon at gmail.com. We're going to go ahead and keep monitoring this process, and I'll provide an update next week with what's going on, as well as um, if anything else we want to change to the strategy, because I think that's way more important than the interviews that we've been doing with Landon and or any of the market updates that we're going to go ahead and plug in for now. So again, that's what we're going to do this week, next week, and then we'll um, see if we can get back on course once we get into uh, further into March. Hope you guys have a great rest of your night. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good night. Bye. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.